0: Welcome to the Shohaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. uh,
1: We're going to continue our series this morning, Unwrapping the Gifts. Um, I was just reflecting again uh, this morning and praying just in the office about people uh, getting a revelation uh, about the, the gift of God that God has bestowed upon us getting an understanding, a revelation, an insight that our eyes would be open to the fact that God has truly gifted us. And I was reflecting on that scripture again, Romans chapter 8, I think it's verse 39, where it says, the gifts of God and the calling of God are irrevocable. In other words, what God gives us, he will never take back. And I just started to reflect on the depth of that, how how focused, how um, intent, um, how... I can't really describe the word, but how serious God is about us understanding the truth that we've been gifted. We have a charisma, a gift from God that God wants us to use to serve other people. And last Sunday morning, David came and shared, I heard was a great message, on some of the things that can limit us and hold us back from doing and using the gifts that God has given us. This morning, it's my great joy in a moment to introduce Rachel who's going to be coming uh, and sharing the topic this morning. Every member is a minister. The church has got it wrong for too long. We've thought that, you know, the minister's the guy up the front with a collar. I'd love a collar, but our gig doesn't come with one. I think they're great. I've got Anglican mates, and when they go to meetings, they have these collars on. But we don't have one. That's all right. But the church has often viewed the people at the front of being the ministers. That's back, back the front. God sees every person in the church as a minister. Amen. So open up your hearts this morning. I'm sure that she's very, very well prepared. Give her a great round of applause this morning. Rachel, thank you.
0: Awesome, honey. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, my um, privilege and joy to get to share with you guys this morning. Posh um, uh, Shane's already done all the introducing to the series for me, but it's just been such a great series of really, like, it's been challenging as well. Like, you know, we actually have a responsibility to use what God's given us. Um, so, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, I'm just going to pray before I get into it. Just ask that God's presence will come be here with us um, yeah, as we receive from the word this morning. So, um, yeah, dear God, we just thank you so much that you are here, that you are good. Just like Rach spoke about that the veil has been torn from top to bottom and that now we can be in your presence. And so, God, we just invite you here this morning to come and touch each heart, God. We know that you have something for each of us this morning. And, God, if it's something, maybe something I don't even talk about could be the thing that somebody needs this morning. And, God, I just pray that you'll come and touch hearts, God, that every one of us will have our heart open to what you want to share with us this morning, God. So we just say you're welcome. We want to receive from you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was here at the working beer yesterday. had a fantastic time. There were so many people here. It was amazing. Is anybody sore? Like, is anybody else sore? I'm like so sore because the way that I was saying it after yesterday is that I have like the heart and the attitude to do that kind of, like I was there for like nine hours. I have the heart and attitude to do nine hours of work, but I do not have the strength or the body for it. So I like gave it all I had and then I went home and lay on my bed and I was like, what did I do? And now my hands are all sore and I'm getting calluses and I'm just not built for that kind of hard work. I'm not, it was it's not good. Some girls are, some girls are amazing, but I am not. But I loved it. I had so much fun and that's why I was like so into it. So um, I just love that that um, sense of family that we, um, yeah, we have when we come together. And I think like was this morning, I'm going to be speaking a lot about the body of Christ and I love the picture of the body of Christ it like was even just yesterday, that we all brought our different gifts um, to work and to build the daycare center. And I don't think that building and construction is often something we think of as ministry. But it is. Like I think in the eyes of God, that can be ministry. We're actually giving and serving towards the church. And um With, like, the whole thing that Pastor Shane's been talking, he just mentioned then about, you know, the collar and, like, that people think being in ministry is being a minister with a collar or having, I mean, even a robe back in the day. Um, But even today, like, I think we often think that ministers are the ones who are on stage or ministers are the ones who work at the church or the pastors. Um, and I just wanted to give a kind of like quick history recap on kind of where that idea came from. Because if you look at the New Testament, and if you look at the Gospels, Jesus was pretty clear. Like, you know, everybody go do ministry, go tell people about Jesus. In the early church, they like we've been talking about, you know, it was like, go and like use your gifts, serve people, bless people. And so um, I think it's really interesting to look at why it changed. And one of the main reasons is that very soon after Jesus... Um, the division started because not everybody could read. And so the people that could read were the ones that were able to read the letters that Paul um, and the other authors had written. And they were the ones who were able to teach out of the letters, whereas the rest of the church, they couldn't read. And so they actually just had to listen and to receive from the people who were speaking. And that's fair enough. Like that makes total sense. But that division actually started to become wider and wider and over the next few hundred years, the people who could read or the clergy, they started to, it became about power. It became about authority and hierarchy. And um, it came to like a really serious level. Like the ministry was taken out of the hands of the laity, which is just a fancy word for normal people that, I don't know, not normal people. Fancy word for the people that aren't clergy or like ministers. Um, and they, the clergy was actually seen as more holy than the rest of the people, that the rest of the people didn't actually have access to God. And you can see how manipulative that is. Because if you can't read and you believe you have no access to God by yourself, you actually become dependent on the clergy. And that has resulted that resulted over the years in heaps of corruption, um, in heaps of like issues in the church, which is sad and people often criticize the church for that. And that's real. Like the church actually did get to some really sad places. Like this is a long time ago. I don't think it's quite so bad now. But um, it was real. Like people thought they couldn't touch God. They couldn't get close to God. Only the clergy could. I'm actually going to read two quotes that actual ministers said. Um, So this one is Pope Pius in 1906. So this isn't very long ago. He said, the church is essentially unequal. That is, it's a society formed by two categories of persons, pastors and flock. As far as the multitude is concerned, they have no duty other than to let themselves be led. That's what he said. The whole point of the church is to let themselves be led. They have no other job. They just have to let themselves be led um, by the leaders of the church. And um, I think that wall is really breaking down. In the church today, we see so many people serving and loving and using their gifts. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. But I think history 100% shapes where we are today. And so this kind of thinking that existed for many, many years and started just because some people could read and some people couldn't, I think it still impacts our thinking today. And we actually see there's a difference between ministers and um, pastors and the, like, and they're different and they have a different job. They do have a different job. <laughs> they have a like, the different importance or a different like ministry calling um, to the rest of us. Um, but as Pastor Shane said... The Bible actually teaches that all of us are ministers. We're all kind of on level playing field as ministers in the church. Um, and so our, the verse that we've been saying a lot in this series about it is First um, Peter 4.10. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Or in the New King James Version, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It doesn't say as each pastor has received a gift, or as each preacher has received a gift, or as each special, extra holy person has received a gift. As each one of us has received a gift, we are to minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Um, And the Greek word there for minister is diakanos. Which, um, the translation, it literally means a waiter, a servant, or an administrator. And so being a minister is actually about being like a servant. It's actually like, you serve or wait on tables. Like, that's what the word meant. And it's the same word that um, Jesus used when he said, the greatest among you should be your servant. So the greatest among you should be your minister. The greatest among you should be the one who serves and who waits on others. So you're a minister, you're a foot washer, you're one who serves people, you're one who serves tables, that's who we are. That's what it means to be a minister. It means to serve. And that's something we all can do. I saw that yesterday and I see that every day in the church office. That's one of the massive blessings of being um, in the churches. I get to see every day people who minister out of their giftings, out of different giftings. I mean, Pete Middleton, I don't think he's here today, but oh my goodness, he ministers. He's such a minister in this church. The way that he leads, I mean, all the maintenance crew, the way that they all serve and work together to maintain our building, um, to make it lovely, to make our gardens lovely. They are amazing ministers in our church. Andrew, who does all the gardens, he's an amazing minister in our church. Gary, who serves behind the scenes so faithfully every week, making sure the carpets are vacuumed. He is an incredible minister in our church, people who look after the kids and teach them the word of God and have fun with them. They are ministers in our church. The people who run the youth canteen, they are ministers in our church. The people who sit back and do lights, they are ministers in our church. People who do drums and bass and singing and all of it. We're, we're ministers. These are all ministers. When you are serving, when you are serving others, you are a minister. So a minister isn't like a position. It's actually something that you do. It's not like a title or a role or I'm going to wear a crown uh, because I'm a minister. A minister is actually something that you do. You are a minister. You be a minister. You serve. And for a lot of, most of us, it's something we're already doing. I'm not coming and telling you, oh, you should be doing more. You are a minister. You already are. Whenever you serve, whenever you minister the love of Jesus, you are a minister. And um, what, like, what really encourages me in that is sometimes I feel like I don't have that much to give. Like sometimes when I sit down to talk with somebody and they're having a really hard time and they're telling me about what's going on, like internally my reaction is like, man, that's rough. I don't really know. I don't really have <laughs> answers for you about that. Like that is really hard and I don't really know what to say. But what really encourages me is in this verse, it says... Um, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so what we're actually doing is we're ministering the grace of God. I'm not giving to them from me. It's not here, have some of Rachel. Here, have some of Rachel's love and Rachel's kindness. We're actually vessels and we actually minister to others with God's grace and God's love. I remember a couple weeks ago, if you were here, Pastor Shane got like three of us up here on stage And he was talking about how when it's like when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are being used, which we've been talking about, God the Holy Spirit wants to bless somebody, wants to touch somebody. And so what he does is he uses a believer to minister that to somebody else. And the word we've been using is conduit, which is kind of like a fancy word for like a pipe. It's like, here is God And then he wants to get to this person over here. So he uses this person here to be like a pipe, to minister that through. And so we actually get to be part of ministering God, of being God to people. So you don't actually have to have it in you to serve others all the time or to to encourage them, to heal them. You can't heal them by yourself. You can't always have all the faith by yourself. Our job is just to minister it, to be like a glorified pipe. We actually get to take what God has, his abundant resources, his healing, and we get to choose and be a part of ministering that to somebody else. I'm always touched by the story of the man who was lying on the mat. He was paralyzed in Jesus's times. And what his friends did is they were like, man, you're paralyzed. I'm really sorry. That's bad. But what they did is they brought him to Jesus. They didn't pretend that they could heal him. They brought him to Jesus. Jesus. And when we minister, when we minister in the gift of healing in the gift of knowledge um, in all these different spiritual gifts, we're not saying, I have all knowledge. I can be a healer. I'm so amazing. What we do is we actually bring people to Jesus or we bring Jesus to people. I guess that's confusing. I use two different analogies. But it's that whole thing of bringing people in to meet Jesus and bringing what Jesus has to them. We actually get to be like that pipe that helps people connect with God. So you don't have to have it all. We just have to minister the grace of God. And so the passage we'll be looking at this morning is 1 Corinthians verse 12. Um, and it talks about the body of Christ. The first half of it is all about spiritual gifts. We've talked about it heaps and heaps in this series, so I'm not gonna go over it all the start bit again, but it talks about, you know, you can have gift of healing, gift of word of knowledge, that God's spirit is in all of us and he gives each of us a different gift. But then directly after that, it talks about all of us as the body of Christ. Um, And there are metaphors all over the Bible. And so we're going to like kind of pull this one apart. And I think it's really helpful in understanding who we are as the church. I actually, I'm um, doing a Bachelor of Ministry. And one of my subjects was on ecclesiology, which is essentially like theology of the church which I thought was gonna be really boring, but it was actually really cool because what I got out of it is that, you know, church isn't just coming and sitting here on a Sunday. It's not just like a building. And like, I know we say that all the time, the church isn't just a building, but I came to understand that like, as the body of Christ, like as the church, we are many different things. We are family. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We actually have a communal identity. And that's not something that like in a Western society we think about too much. We're very much about our individual identity and our individual salvation. And that is so important and that's so real. And God 100% is about that, about you and your salvation. But God is also about community. And we actually have a communal identity as, as the church. All together, we are family. We are the body of Christ. We aren't just people who come and sit in chairs and look at the screen. We actually have an identity together. And one of the images, there's so many that we could look at, but one of them that Paul uses that I think especially highlights this whole every member and minister thing is the body of Christ. So I'm just going to read the whole passage through and then we'll kind of like pull it apart verse by verse. So if you want to read along, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Um, so it says... The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? This is like very practical. In case you're wondering, it's very like real imagery here. Okay. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. If you think I repeat myself a lot, I just take it from Paul. Okay. Um, The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to the parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among all the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. And then here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. And he goes on to list again some of the spiritual gifts and some of the different roles that we have and we um, can serve in in the body of Christ. So we're going to go through and pull that through verse by verse because there's so much there. Obviously, we're not going to go through everything that we could get out of that, but we'll just pull out a few things that God really put on my heart because I really believe like that God wants to encourage you about the importance of your role. Um, in the body of Christ. Not just like your role in our Shohaba Community Church, but your role in the body of Christ globally. Like we are part of a people of God that that are here on the earth now and the people of God that have been there forever. Like we are one body with them. You have an important, unique role in that. And so the first verse, it says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So if you think about our physical bodies, there are so many different things that are going on. We've got skin, we've got muscular system, we've got a skeletal system, we've got a digestive system. Of course, Paul wouldn't have known about the digestive system or the hormonal system or anything like that, which makes it like even cooler because like the body's even more complex than Paul knew about it when he was writing it. But Holy Spirit obviously knew. And, um, you know, we've got all these different parts that come into it. We've got our brain, we've got our nerve system. All these different things come in to our bodies, but they all come together as one. Like, I don't think you're looking at me thinking, look, there's a digestive system and skin and some toenails. Like, it's like, it's Rachel. Like, I'm one. I'm a whole body. And um, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, it says we all come together to form the body of Christ. And I was thinking about how important every part is. Like, if you can just picture a body and it has, you know, it has you know, all the skin, it's got beautiful muscles, digestive systems working great, it's breathing, you know, it's got everything going on, but it doesn't have any bones. Be like, what are you complaining about? It's got everything except bones. Like it's only missing one thing. What's the problem? It would just be like a puddle of mush on the floor. Like, no, I'm serious, bones are important. Or if you can imagine a body that had everything except skin, that would be horrible and horrifying. We actually need every part of our body. Every part is important. You can't just be like, oh, you don't need a digestive system. Like, you've got everything else. You've got muscles and bones. What are you complaining about? You're fine. We actually need every part to the body. And to the original audience, when they were talking about body, it was actually in a holistic sense. Like, that included, you know, your personality, your spirit, your emotions. Like, that's what they would have been reading when they read body. All these things are part of what makes up the body for them. So there's incredible diversity, even in our human bodies. Our hair is very different to our gallbladder, but both of them are in our body, and both of them are incredibly important, and there is unity in them. And within the body of Christ, there's incredible diversity, but when we come together, there's unity in it. And so I'm going to read, go on to verse 13. It says, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. And so here, there might be some Jews. That would—I like, don't really know everybody's background, but probably a lot of us are Gentiles, which means we're anything but Jews. But in today, like, and like when the, in the original audience, that was the big thing. If you were a Jew or a Gentile, kind of like if you're DC or if you're Marvel, it's not really. It was a much bigger deal than that. But um, <laughs> but. Like that, that was like the big division that you had to be united around. Like that was like a big deal around then. And he said, you know what? It doesn't matter that you're different. We're all one in Christ's body. And for us today, it's not TC and Marvel, but there's other things that could bring us apart. There's other things that could cause us to have issues with unity. And that's what is significant about the body is that because we're in the body of Christ, we can have unity despite those divisions. And it could be, you know, not obvious things. It could be, you know, like we have, Fights, or we have different views on what the music should be like, or we have different views on um, what the church should be doing, what the church should be focusing on. And your view and your point and everything is probably super valid. But the point of this passage is that it's saying that we actually can be unified even with those different things. We don't all have to be the same, we don't all have to like the same. Music, even like we actually just have, if we want to be part of the body of Christ, we have to be unified because we're in it together. We're in the body of Christ, we're unified. There's unity in diversity in our bodies. All right, that was verse 13. So, on to verse 14, it says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? What Paul says here is really big. He says, if you, if your hand, so if my hand said, you know what, I'm not a hand. I don't want to be a hand, that's a terrible job. I don't want to do that. I wouldn't just get another hand. I would just have a hand that doesn't work. And I would actually be limited. I actually did think hands grew back though, this is a true story, until I was in year 12. So I was like, I went to this play when I was in year six and there was this actor, it was like a Shakespeare play, and this actor played a whole bunch of minor roles in the play, like he would just change costumes, but I always knew it was him because he had like, his hand was like this and it had like little, like his fingers were just really small. And, like, I remember thinking I was so sneaky because I, like, figured out that he was the same actor in different outfits because his hand was, like, small. And I just remember thinking, man, I bet that guy's hand got cut off, but it's growing back. And his fingers are just, like, growing back. And I was so happy for him. And I honestly thought that hands grew back until I was in year 12. And this came up in biology class. And it was terribly embarrassing. And I was like, that's not even logical. Why have I never thought about this properly before? But anyway, the point is that that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. You have a role in the body of Christ. And if you're a hand and you don't do anything, you're not, we're not just going to grow another hand. It actually means that the body of Christ is stopped from doing what the body of Christ is supposed to do in that area. And you might not like what your role is. You might be like, man, like, I don't really want to greet on doors. I don't think that that's a really fun thing to do. But if that's what you're gifted at and if that's where God's positioned you, there's actually a gap there. There's actually a hole there. We need you. We need you to do that. God has gifted you to be there and to do that. And maybe like I'm sure God has a heart to gift us and position us where he wants us. But when we are held back by fear like, "Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I'm not good enough to do that." Or "God couldn't use me. Look at my past. Look at what I've done." Or "Oh, I'm so sinful. I'm so bad." Or "Oh, it's too scary." Or "I'm too busy." When we actually have these attitudes and say these things, or even when we're just not aware of what we're supposed to be doing and where we're supposed to be, it actually handicaps the body of Christ. The hand doesn't cease to be a hand because it doesn't want to be a hand. You don't cease to have your position in the body of Christ because you don't want it. We need you. I need you. All of us need you to step up and be the part that you are in the body of Christ. And it's not just for us. We're the body of Christ before a watching world. And God has actually equipped us with everything that we need to do what he's called us to do. He's not mean. He doesn't say, hey, go tell the world about Jesus, but just kidding, you'll never be able to do it. Like that would be really mean. And that's not what God does. And so what he does is he actually gifts us. He puts people here with gifts. He gives us gifts and says, go be Jesus to the world. Go and make disciples of all nations. I've given you all these things to do them. I've positioned you. You're the hand. You're the feet. You're the hair. You're the toenails. Go do it. Go be Jesus. And when we don't do it, we're like, oh God, why is nothing happening? Why is nobody getting saved? Why is there nobody at church today? God's actually gifted us. He's gifted you. You don't cease to be part of the body of Christ because you don't do it, and I know that so many of us are. I'm not trying to say none of us are doing it, we are. I believe that as a church, we are. We're rising up and learning to use our gifts, learning to step out in the positions and the places that God's called us to be. And it's not just within the church, being a minister is not just about having a serving on a team in church. It's about being a minister when you're at work and being a minister in your family and being a minister on the street and loving people. And that could be your role in the body of Christ. Maybe it's really hard for you to get here on Sundays because of your work schedule or something. But you know what? You can get in a connect group and you can start encouraging people in that connect group. Or you can start, you know, praying for people at work, you know, offering to pray for healing for people that need healing. Like we actually can be the body of Christ wherever we go. It's not just about serving in a place in church all of it is part of it um awesome so on to verse 18 we've just got a little bit more and then we'll wrap up it says verse 18 but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it how strange a body would be if it only had one part yes there are many parts but only one body the eye can never say to the hand I don't need you and the head can't say to the feet I don't need you Like I've already talked about, we can't say to one another, I don't need you. We can't say, oh, your job and your role is not important. It is. We really need it. Whatever your role is, whatever you can do, we need you. In verse 22, it says, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And you might think like... Like I was just talking about, um, you know, if a body didn't have bones, it would fall down or if our hand didn't work, it would fall down. You might be thinking like, man, there's no way I'm even a hand in the body of Christ. Like I do not have gifts. Nothing I can do is that cool. And I would say possibly you just don't have a full understanding of what God's gifted you with and you probably are super awesome. But even if it's true, even if you're like, man, I couldn't be something as cool as a hand. Do you know how much our bodies need gallbladders? We really need them. You can't eat chips or anything without gallbladders. Because it breaks down the fat and that would be terrible. We need gallbladders in our body. That is an important part to play in our human body. Or there's this other part, I actually Googled obscure body parts. It's it's called a duodenum, a a part of the small intestine that breaks down food with enzymes and it regulates the emptying of the stomach via hormonal pathways. We need it. We need a duodenum. You could be the duodenum of the body of Christ. We need you to do that. You could be the gallbladder of the body of Christ. And we really need you to be the gallbladder of the body of Christ. And we're all going to miss out. Even if you think your part isn't important, it's important. I want to eat chips and I want to be able to digest food. I need my gallbladder. I need my duodenum. Our body of Christ needs you. The body of Christ worldwide needs you. The world out there needs you to be serving in your gift. Even if you don't think it's that cool. Even if you don't think it's that important, it is. It's really important. It's really significant. In the body of Christ. And I think that often, like, people don't value what they're doing because it's not leadership. Like, they don't see it as leadership up the front. And um, I was having (laughs) this, I had massive revelation about this Um, one day. I was in the car with Dave, who's my um, boyfriend, and we were driving to Wollongong or something, which totally isn't relevant. But um, we were talking, and we're talking about, you know, like the roles that men and women have in relationships. And I know people have different opinions about that, and I'm not trying to preach about that. But um, I was saying, like, he was kind of saying, you know, he thinks that the guy should lead in the relationship. And I was, like, agreeing because I was like, you know, biblically it says that and that's kind of how it's been going with us and that's been fine. But I was like, yeah, but I just don't know. Like, do you just think you're more important than me or something? Or that, you know, what you do matters more than me? And he just, like, fully, like, it was seriously floored me. He was like, do you think that leaders are more important than everybody else? What does that have to say about the way that you think about the people that you lead? What does that have to say about what you think, you know, do you think Pastor Shane's more important than the people that are led at church? And that like really convicted me. And that was like a year ago, so I'm heaps better now. I don't think I'm more important than everybody anymore. (laughs) But it really hit me. Leadership is a role. It's a role, it is not a statement of importance. It is not a statement of value. Just because Dave would lead in our relationship, that's a role, that's not a statement of value, that's not a statement of importance. Just because Pastor Jane leads in this church, that's a role, that's not a statement of importance, that's not a statement of value. And so whatever your role is, if your role isn't leadership, that does not mean your part is any less valuable or any less important. We all need to play our role. We all need to play our role. Even yesterday, Dean was the leader. He knew what was going on. Every time somebody didn't know what was going on, Dean, Dean, he got so annoyed. We were all talking to him so many times, being like, Dean, tell me what to do. But Dean was amazing. He had an incredibly important role to play. We could not have done it without the role that Dean had. But Dean also couldn't have done it if nobody showed up. He could have all the leadership in the world and nobody to lead, and then nothing would happen. It's a role, we needed people to, you know, scrape out the extra granite that I put in the rocks that shouldn't have been there. Like, we needed someone to do that. <laughs> All the roles are incredibly important. So if I could just get the band up, we're just about to um, wrap up. But I just want to encourage you that um, our mission is to make disciples and you have a part to play no matter how small you think that part is. It's so significant. And... um <laughs> this last, like the last little bit of this passage, it says um, that when we understand that we're a body, it makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And it's like, you know, if you hit your, th- if you're like hammering and you hit your thumb, you don't go, oh, you stupid thumb, what are you doing? hack it off. Like, oh, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? Like you comfort it and you're like, oh my gosh, poor thumb. I'm so sorry. Let me comfort you. (laughs) Like when part of our body gets hurt or it gets injured, we don't just go, oh, you're so stupid. What are you doing? And like cut it off. We actually care for the parts that need love and attention. And so, you know, in the body of Christ, we serve and we give to others, but we also get cared for. You know, if you're hurting, if you're having a hard time, I believe there are people in this place that will want to come and comfort you and help you in that time. And we need to be conscious that in the way that we relate to people in the body of Christ who are hurting, who are making mistakes, who are having a bad time, like they're our body. They could be our gallbladder. They could be the thumb. They could be the toenail and we need them. We don't cut it off because they're hurting or because they're having a hard time. We need to be in unity and care for and love people in our body who are having a hard time. And that's the beautiful thing is that in the body, all the parts serve one another. So as you give and as you serve, you also receive and you are also served. We give to the world and we give to each other. We all get to receive. This morning we got to receive from Colleen and Rach when they worshipped and we all got to sit and receive from that. You probably got to receive from somebody as you walked in the doors and they were so friendly and welcomed you and were so kind. I lost my keys this morning and got trapped at home and I received from Tony Kirchberg who drove to my house with a key so that I could get here this morning. We all receive from people. We serve one another in the body of Christ. And so um, I just believe like that it's important we have application. We can listen to things and then not apply them and that's not the... Wisest thing to do, I guess, when we receive things, it means we don't really do anything about it. And so, I'm just going to give us all a second to wait on God. And I just want to like, there's four different places that you might be at with um, what I've shared this morning. Like, the first one is maybe you like know what your gift is and you're doing it. And I believe that God just wants to encourage you. What you're doing is important. Greeting people in doors is important. Loving the people at work is important. Raising children with the love of God is really important. What you're doing is important. If you know your job and if you're doing it, just I believe God wants to encourage you that what you're doing is important, where you are, where you're positioned is important. And the second one is um, you might be this person. You might be, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but there's something that's holding you back from it. It could be one of the things that Dave Hunter spoke about last week. It could be, you know, you have fear of stepping out and that you have shame you just don't think it's logical to minister in a gift or something like that. And um, we would love to pray for you in a second if that's you. Like you know that you're gifted in something, but you just aren't doing it. we love to pray for you that whatever it is that, um, yeah, God will help overcome that. And you better work with him on overcoming that. And the third one is you don't know what you're meant to be doing. You're like, God, I don't know what I am. I don't know where I am supposed to serve in the body of Christ and I believe God wants to come and show you where he'd like you to be, position you um, where he'd like you to be this morning. And the fourth one is maybe you aren't a Christian, you aren't saved at all, you actually don't know God, you're actually not part of the body of Christ, you're like, oh this is new to me, I've never heard this before, but you actually want to be, you're actually interested. knowing about Christ or you know like, you know, I'm not interested anymore. I actually want to make a decision for Jesus. I want to be part of the body of Christ because goodness me, he loves you so much. He's gifted you. He has an amazing plan for your life. He actually wants to offer you forgiveness for the things that you've done wrong and healing for where people have done things wrong to you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to welcome you into his family. And so I'm just going to give a chance for us to respond to those things. So if everybody could just close your eyes and bow your heads. Um, God, I just thank you for everybody who's number one. You don't have to raise your hand if you're number one. But God, I just thank you for all the people that are ministering faithfully in their gifts. And God, I just pray that they'll be energized in that, God, that they'll be encouraged to keep going at that, God, that they will know the significance, know the importance, know that your spirit is empowering them in that. God, I pray for fresh energy in that for them this morning. And for the second one, if you're someone, you know what you're supposed to be doing and you feel um, held back for some reason, if you'd like to raise your hand, i just love to pray for that for you. If there's anybody that would like that, I'm going to pray anyway, but if you just want to make that response, you're welcome to. Is there anyone? God, I just believe that oh, there are people here that are being held back from the place that they um, want to, like that they know they want to serve in, or they know that you want them to serve in. And God, I just pray that today there'll be something broken off their life because, God, we need them. Your body needs them, both for ourselves and for the world. And so, God, I just pray for each one of them that whatever it is that's holding them back, God, that you'll come and you'll touch them, God. You'll give them the encouragement they need. God, if it's, a, um, yeah, like if it's a relationship, I just feel as I'm praying that for somebody, they feel like there's a relationship in their life that's holding them back from where they're supposed to be. I just feel that God wants you to seek him about that. I don't necessarily have the answer to what you're supposed to do, but I just feel like God says like he sees you, he hears you, it's a real thing. And he wants you to seek him about that. And God, I just pray for anyone else here this morning that feels they're being held back, that that'll be broken off their life in Jesus' name. And for the third for the third group, is there anyone that wants to respond to that one that says, you know what, I want to serve, but I don't know where I'm supposed to be. I want to minister in the body of Christ, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. If you just want to raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you that God will show you where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be ministering, what you're supposed to be doing. Is there anyone that wants to, you know, make that response? I thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else this morning that wants to have more of a confidence of where God has placed you? Awesome. God, we just thank you so much for this gentleman that's raised his hand and for anybody else, God, that just wants to know where you've positioned them, God, that they want to know God, I pray that they will just receive with joy from you, even now that you'll be speaking to them about what their gift is, where you'd have them serve, where you'd have them minister. God, even if it's to be a gallbladder or to be a toenail, God, that you'll give them a passion about that part, about that role in the body of Christ, about how much we need them. God, I just pray for your Holy Spirit to come and speak to them about that now. And finally, if there's anyone here this morning that is the fourth person. You actually aren't saved. You don't know Jesus, but you want to be. You want to be in relationship with him. You want to be in the body of Christ and the family of Christ. I just want to invite you to raise your hand if that's you. We just want to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus, to meet the one who loves you, the one who gave everything for you. Thank you. I see that hand. That's awesome. Is there anyone else this morning that wants to respond? Anyone else that wants to make that step? to be forgiven, to be loved by God, you already are loved by God, thank you, I see that hand, that's awesome, is there anyone else this morning that wants to make that choice to follow God? Awesome, God I just thank you so much for the two people that raised their hands this morning, Actually let's all pray together if you just want to repeat after me, um, if you feel comfortable too, and for the people who are praying this for the first time want to recommit, we just we want to partner with you in that. Um just this is a prayer that just accepts Jesus into your life and into your heart. Um, yeah, so dear God, we thank you that you are good. Thank you that you died to save me. Thank you that you rose to give me eternal life. God, I'm sorry for where I've sinned. And God, I receive your forgiveness today. God, I want to live my life your way. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Please show me where you want me to be in the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's so exciting. (laughs) That's so exciting. So um, if that's you, if you raise your hand, we have a Next Steps counter at the back. Next Steps station. I named it the wrong thing. Next Steps station at the back with those little fancy light bulbs. Um, We'd love to chat with you. We have a gift that we'd like to give you just to help you um, understand the decision you've made. It's a journey that we walk together, and we'd love to partner with you in that. So if you just head back there, we'd love to have a chat with you. Um, But yeah, we're just going to finish with a song. So if everybody would like to stand to your feet, we're going to have one final song. Um, And don't forget, we've got the Kids Hub walkthrough. It looks amazing out there. It's so cool. So please stick around and check it out after the service. And yeah, thank you so much for coming this morning.